Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. On the podcast today, we have someone who, although I just met recently, has already taught me a lot about things such as functional movement, philosophy, and what health and wellness looks like on an intuitive level. He is a personal trainer, a certified stick mobility and animal flow coach, and last but not least, the owner of Simply Evolved Training. Please help me in welcoming Joseph Santos to the show. All right, Joe, thank you so much for stopping by the Highly Optimized Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you today. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, Thanks. Excited to get into a convo. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's always a good day for convos, but especially when we're stuck inside anyways, what else is there to do, you know? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So I wanted to start out with maybe a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today and where you are today. Um, I was hoping you might be able to tell the listeners about yourself, your background, um, what you what your expertise is in. Uh, I know you do a lot of awesome functional movement. I really want to dive into that today. So yeah, if you're going to start with your journey, I think that's a good start point. All right. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll start out with kind of like a synopsis of where I'm at and then I'll get into more detail as I take it all the way back to the uh, the uh the semen specimen swimming upstream um (laughs) (laughs) but um so so i i'm a personal trainer um i i don't really like using that description because it doesn't really tell the tale especially with people's you know general perspective of what a personal trainer is Mm -hmm. um but i haven't really come up with another word for that yet so um (laughs) you know I, i focus a lot in mobility and movement training um my kind of base I kind of base my training systems off of natural movement. So what should you be able to do, right? Um, you know, bench press is not one of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what should you be able to do, right? Run, jump, land, crawl, climb, swim, uh, tuck and roll, yeah. uh, things like that, right? So yeah. like, if you're missing those qualities, we got some problems and I can get you, you know, I'll work with people on whatever, wherever they're going. I've had you know, elderly individuals, I have teenage individuals, I have athletes, I have people that are more kind of, you know, arts or computer based and just getting into fitness for the first time. So where we go is completely different, but everybody should have those base skills. Uh, And um, yeah, so I'll work my way back up to that. Um, So my my journey, uh, I guess, how I I got there. Um, Well, I, uh, family's originally from East Cambridge, uh, but I grew up mostly in Lynn. Uh, 20 minutes north, back and forth between there and uh, Cambridge. Um, at, I don't know, in the high, all my entire life I played sports. I played every sport that there was. Um, a big emphasis on the contact sports. Uh, hockey and football were like my go-tos. Um, I did every, or at least tried every aggressive version of a sport that there was. Skateboard, rollerblade, rollerblade was my thing when I was younger. I understand that died a long time ago. Uh, they put the nail in the coffin, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I rollerbladed too. You know, it was it was it was definitely alive for a while. You know, <laughs> yeah, for a while, for a while. It's sometimes it's not this one. Um, had a good time. And, um, and snowboarding, um, but you know, I was the type of kid that also like used his body for a good joke or a battering ram. Uh, you know, there, there were rough aspects to growing up. Lots of fights. Lots of lo- lots of injuries to this body is kind of essentially what I'm getting at there. Um, I became a father at 19. Uh, I raised my daughter by myself. Um, and around 23, you know, in the, in the, well, again, in the early years, I didn't have a lot of avenues, obviously, trying to figure out young parenthood. Uh, I had stopped playing football and hockey by the time I was like 20. Um, but then fast forward around 24, I get back into it and I play, I start playing minor league. I played minor league till I was 29 very much a working man's league so you know still sitting at a desk all day nine to five and then a couple of weeks days a week practice uh and then games on the weekend we try we travel for those that's a whole nother story but i digress um so fast forward to my third to turning 30 right right around 30 uh, ultimately visually in the best shape of my life i was kind of feeling pretty good up until that i retired just retired from football uh at 29 i turned 30 in september so that was my that summer was my first off season. 
Uh, and then shortly after, I just started falling apart. I mean, not that there wasn't any problems prior to that. As I said, life, life worth of injuries. Um, actually, to backtrack just a little bit, in 08, I believe, or 07, um, while away at a game, I get very, very ill. I'm not going to go over all the details, but I end up in MGH for a week. I had something attacking my muscles and my joints. Um, I lost 12 pounds while I was in there. I never really figured out what it was. Go back to when I had just become a parent. Those first couple of years, I would be hospitalized pretty regularly with head-to-toe muscle spasms or head-to-toe highs that could only be linked really back to stress. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of the history, right? All this, because my body's a battering ram, played a lot of sports, a lot of stress-induced physical ailments, uh, some, some, some mystery ailments. Body is really taking a toll by the time I hit 30, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I work out all the time. And compared to most of my peers, I have a pretty, at least I think, idea of what nutrition is and what a good workout program is and, and all that jazz. I end up in the fitness industry. A buddy of mine, a couple of buddy of mine, buddies of mine who were in, I had considered getting in for quite some time. Uh, but ultimately, uh, they would both give me the same advice. They were like, uh, wait for me to graduate, right? And this is years earlier. So the thought had left my mind until one day a buddy calls me up. I'm in a position, come work. You know, you know your stuff, come work. So very early on in that process, I came across the natural movement sequences and things like that. So pretty much right away, and I'm lucky it happened right away in my, into my fitness career, I was like, what the fuck have I been doing? Right? Like right away, I'm like, no wonder why I'm in so much pain. No wonder why I can't take a knee anymore. I literally couldn't, you know, at the time I was working on a piece of property, you know, and I couldn't work on the hardwood floor like I had always done. I just couldn't get down. Just stiff and sore and... Um, you know, I felt like I was days away from a wheelchair. Any medical professional I went to said I was a perfectly healthy young man, but I had been using myself, abusing myself, and what did you expect? Right? This is just a new, new reality. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So anyway, so again, I was starting to have all these realizations, and the biggest one was I sat at a desk all day. I ran around and played a high-intensity sport in the evening, and I lifted like a bodybuilder. That didn't undo the damage of sitting all day, nor did it um prepare me for the explosive sport i wasn't doing either of those things right again just because i didn't understand yet that classic visions of american fitness are all built off of aesthetic and not function so um fast forward now eight years in the industry uh i want to say about three years in as i work on also myself as well as my clients uh, what became very strange was how clearly knowledgeable I was based on everybody else's opinion, not mine. As far as I was concerned, I had 10,000 hours before I could even speak in a room. Uh, but, you know, getting accolades and whatnot, my clients again, results, I'm improving ranges of mobility, but still lots of physical pain, lots of discomfort. Um, can't really figure it out. And that's when I started to realize that how much the emotional side of it, right? The mental health all ties in, obviously, being a single father still at the time, nutrition wasn't necessarily always on spot, right? So for a long time, I was like, oh, it must be because I didn't eat exactly this that day, or I didn't get exactly this much sleep. Um, so now a little bit older, a little bit wiser, uh, pushing eight years into the business, starting to try to figure out how I coach that. Like I do coach that to some extent. It's always been a natural part of who I am, uh, is kind of getting down to wise and the habits behind people's actions and trying to help them get there um, but now understanding that that actually has to be built into programming right i have to be coaching that stuff just as much as you know whatever it is or uh that is the journey that's how i got that's awesome man and you bring up a lot of good points there number one that i want to bring up is the fact that you know american fitness overall is not functional but i think we're actually seeing a resurgence of what i would call functional movement now animal flows big steel mace flows getting big and i love it i'm you know i myself started with p90x which was you know quasi functional i guess you could say for the time it was out um, but you know, even, even still, you know, I got myself hurt with a couple, you know, bouts of tendonitis and, you know, I've followed a lot of those same breadcrumbs that you did. And what I've recently figured out in the past three years is exactly what you said, which is the emotional and mental side of it, you know, is a huge part of it. And if you've read the book, uh, the body keeps the score, it's all about how emotional turmoil manifests as physical ailments, you know? And so this is like, 
documented now by real science. And so it's so interesting because I'm the exact same as you. Like, you know, I want to feel perfect all the time. You know, it must have been because I, you know, I cheated and I had, you know, one piece of dark chocolate yesterday or whatever, you know, it was ridiculous. You know, and I started to micromanage myself to a kind of just insane level, you know? And so yeah. what, you know, if, if I had to ask, I know there's not one, you know, trust me, I'm aware there's not one diet for everyone, but what do you think in regards to nutrition is an optimal, you know, overall diet? Like for instance, like should people not eat refined, you know, refined sugars, processed foods, et cetera. So I, I definitely have an opinion on this stuff and I will, I will talk about it. Uh, it's definitely one of the places that I um, divert to my other resources typically. Um, actually, great segue. Um, and not this upcoming week, but the following week. So I think that's, no, I'm sorry, this upcoming week, mm -hmm. April 20th, 23rd, and 25th, all the guests I'm going to have on my Instagram is going to be regarding nutrition. So if okay. we had done this interview in a week, I would have all types of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I asked them. Keep your toes. That's awesome. I'm still going to give you my opinion on that, but first, I actually mentioned a couple of things that okay. I wanted to kind of touch on that I'm, yeah. uh, I know more. Um, I have more of a right to speak on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, go right ahead. <laughs> functional training, right? You mentioned that, right? Like you said yeah. that you think we're getting like more "quote unquote" functional training. Yeah. So there's two things to that. Um, one. Unfortunately, functional training is technically a buzzword, really. Uh, that's the way that I'm going to look at it because what's the function, right? Like, what's the function, right? Functional training for a mother of six is completely different than functional training for a tennis player, you know? So what is function, right? And that, that's, that's, a, that, that's become a buzzword, and people will try to argue these movements are functional, these movements are functional, this training is functional, whatever it may be. And they might be for some people, that doesn't mean that it's functional for everyone. So that's kind of the one thing I, I like to mention on that, that, that that's paradigm. A that's a very good uh, Two, like, so you got mentioned like natural movements, uh, the maces and things like that. Things I'm a huge fan, huge fan, right? Uh, mace clubs, I love those freaking things. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of, actually, I'm gonna just skip back a little bit. So I'm somewhat of a hobby historian. I, I, I dig into everything for no apparent reason. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so when I look at the history of fitness, like in terms of structured fitness, the fitness industry, it pops up in Germany pre-World War One. I'm not going to get into all the details, but as you look at it over the breadth, what you see is that when societies are faced, are, get less comfortable, uh, let's say war is on the rise, poverty is on the rise, there's more tension and turmoil. There's this natural drive or push towards personal improvement from a physical position. Uh, we could go on like what that means at different points in time, but basically there's kind of this natural instinct like, ooh, I'm in danger. I gotta, I gotta be stronger. I have to be more capable. So I think that's why we see the, like, these, these different aspects of what's kind of going on uh, in the fitness industry. That's why there's so many avenues because everyone's revved up and everyone has different belief systems. So you have all these different kind of training paradigms, right? At the end of the day, movement is movement, right? I take, I'll, take, I'll have a football player that refuses to do yoga. I ain't doing fucking yoga. I'd be like, I think you should do like, some salutations in the morning. I ain't fucking doing yoga. And then I'll bring them through a dynamic movement in a low long lunge with the reach up like man the stretch is great i'm like you're doing yoga right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, i can find similar movements and you know break dancing karate you know a football uh juke you know what i mean i mean these are just so so again right like so what why are these all these different paradigms so what i want to mention going back to the functional thing is what we have a problem is is separating sport from health and that's the big problem that we have, right? When I look at something like bodybuilding, physique training, CrossFit, uh, cycling, uh, you know, 5Ks, like those are sports. Mm -hmm. The body has to be functioning high to play those sports. And guess what? You don't practice the sport to get good at the sport. Better body, to get a better body. <laughs> you practice the sport for sports specific reasons, right? Um, but you have to come back and see what's, what's going on with my body in terms of 
you know, rotation, extension, flexion, like all the pieces that the body should have is making compensations. And I mean, if you were born, to steal a quote from uh, a, a fantastic teacher, Dr. Andrea Spina, if you're born in Western society, it means you're going to have movement. Yeah. Hands down. I don't care who you are. It's not personal. Uh, it has nothing to do with your emotions and the injuries you have when you're young or the fucking basketball games. You can't play anymore. You're going to have a problem, even if you are the healthiest person in this fucking country. Yeah. something that you should probably be looking at. So if you're not even that far down the line that you're the healthiest, right, and you're probably somewhere in the average, and you're like, I'm going to get in shape by playing softball on Saturdays and fucking doing the couch the five game. No, you're going to end up in a PT's chair is where you're going to end up, right? You might yep. lose weight. You might put on muscle mass, but at what cost to your structure, right? So, so that was the kind of thing I wanted. So, like, if I think of, like, weird hacks to, like, put on more mass for bodybuilding, that's great if you're the right athlete to do that. But if you're some 18-year-old kid that's been looking up bodybuilding techniques on YouTube, it's probably not what you should be doing right now. Yeah, probably not going to end well. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned something about breadcrumbs. Oh, yeah. The breadcrumbs, yeah. That's, that was a great term. I think I've actually described it that way, right? You go to all these professionals, and they're looking at things in friggin' pieces. Yeah. And they're like, you know, you go to the doctor. Doctor, my knee hurts when I bend it like this. Well, don't bend it like that. Yeah. The answers that you get, and it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, so, on the nutrition. Yeah. Um, when I give nutritional advice, I keep it very simple. I mean, it's not, it's not that fucking hard. Um, I, yeah. I I try I tell people I don't want to get into the vegan versus meat or the GMO or any of that shit. The, the yeah. Big deep conversations, and we live in a very complex food world. Um, depending on where you're at and at what time, sometimes you're going to make sacrifices to those belief systems, right? So mm -hmm. you get stuck in that can cause you problems depending on what type of life you're living. If you're super wealthy and you know everything's empty at host. Uh, you know, that's fantastic. But for the, for a vast majority of people, that's not the case, right? So anyways, those are, those are bigger conversations, not for me. Mm -hmm. But um, you want to put real food in you. Fucking real food, right? We've all heard the advice, like shop the outside of the aisle. I shop the outside of the supermarket. There's no reason to go in any of those aisles. Process it from a box, it's in this bag. It's not for you, right? And again, that doesn't mean it's never going to happen. It might happen occasionally, but that is just like, how do you, what's your basis of belief system or what you're building on? And that needs to be the basis, right? That's A. B, I like shotgun approaches, approaches to micronutrient intake, right? That's the stuff that's the hardest to get. We know that the, the food itself is deficient of micronutrients for various reasons. Mm -hmm. um, we know that we have a habit of eating macros as a culture, right? We're eating, you know, meats and uh meats and starches and potatoes and rice and, you know there's not that much food and vegetables even getting into them in the first place and then when they, again when they do get in there they're deficient right mm -hmm. so um i suggest i really like a smoothie somewhere in the day like a really complex smoothie i think everyone should have one complex smoothie in their diet somewhere uh that includes you know protein uh micro i'm uh, sorry uh green food supplement um and you know the bells and whistles fruit, some almond butter, chia seeds, whatever. I mean, you can mix and match, but try to get, you know, your fats, your micros, uh, a substantial serving of carbs and protein. And then if the rest of the day goes to shit, at least you have that in your daily habit. You have a good base. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then in terms of like how we're eating, I generally, again, this isn't my field, but I, I generally end up in one of two places. It depends on the individual. Um, either, um, uh, Intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. not because of intermittent fasting as a trend, because it just makes sense as a friggin' human being. Do you really yeah. think you eat on a fucking regular schedule, five meals a day, every day, like up until what, less than a hundred years ago? Yeah. I mean, you know, so the body is a lot more robust than you think. And there's all types of systems. That's why there's so many diets, and that's why all those diets work for a portion of people. It's a very small portion, but of every diet, you're going to get some success rate because different genes different chemical makeups different lifestyles right all response to these things differently but and so that's why intermittent fasting is absolutely an option for me depending on the individual right so maybe we're getting all of our whatever we should be getting in and that calorie counts different for everybody again um in a, in a eight to ten hour span and the rest of that time we're not eating uh or uh the five small meals five small meals a day trying to keep them within four to five hours uh because what i 
have seen and come across is, um, you know, there's the argument that, um, or there's information that shows that in certain cases, again, depending on what your diet habits is and everything else, so in certain portions of study, you find that the body kind of goes into that, it goes into that place where it's not sure if you're going to be getting fed again around that four hour mark. Again, everyone's tuned a little differently. Um, and that's when you start breaking down muscle and storing fat. Right? So that, that, four, that with, you know, under five hour mark, four to five small meals a day is one that I've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's the extent of my nutritional conversation. I, I have actually like a one nutritional, like one pager. If my client <laughs> asks me the question, that goes out. There's a bunch of links to nutritionists and people that are far more uh, knowledgeable in that conversation than me. And I'm like, go, go look somewhere else. <laughs> well, no, I, I think that was a great meat and potatoes, quote unquote, uh, for nutrition, because really that's exactly where I sit on it. Um, I think that, you know, I try to, I always eat organic when I can, but that's not always going to happen. So what I try to do is I always just make sure that I'm eating whole foods, you know, I'm eating real foods. I'm not eating things out of a box. Again, like you said, there, you know, no one's perfect, but my baseline and my normalcy is always eating real food, you know? And one of the things that's helped me the most with that is, you know, butcher box, because, you know, I'm much less likely to go out somewhere and get some food if I have a brand, you know, amazing steak in the fridge, you know, or freezer rather. And, um, and I think that you're 100% right on that as well is that there's not one diet that works for everyone. And that's what I tell everyone, because like you, I'm not ridiculously versed on nutrition, but I know enough to realize, listen, you know, this whole like trying to compartmentalize people into certain boxes, like, oh, everyone should be paleo, everyone should eat meat, everyone should be a vegan. It's like, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think just like we're we're just different beings you know so yeah that's 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 my little bit of nutrition as well so interesting thing uh i i i just i i don't know i find this such a a humorous humorously accurate response to kind of the whole no meat argument right yeah there's a million reasons to reduce your your meat consumption because of the practice of how we're collecting meat and all and how much we eat. There's a million arguments to slow that down and to eat less. And I am absolutely 100 percent yeah. back that up. But if someone tells me I shouldn't eat an animal because it's alive, but I should eat plants, I'm gonna be like, you think they're not alive? You <laughs> fucking crazy? Yeah. No, Are you I, fucking crazy? All right. I have that. Yeah, go, go, too. Have a, go have a uh, you know. Uh, medicinal plant experience and them motherfuckers are more alive than them cows 100% man you know plants are some of the most sentient beings around and that's mm-hmm. that's when I just I disconnect from that conversation after that because I'm like this is not worth my energy because this is not yeah, something yeah. I'm going to be able to actually visualize what I'm trying to talk about and again yeah. you only get so much energy every day so you got to put it in the right place <laughs> <laughs> 100% yeah. yeah and it's funny because you know I know you've probably had a lot of teachers in your day in terms of how you got to where you are, but are there any teachers in particular? Like for me, it's Paul Check. You know, Paul Check's always been my guy. You know, he's always the one I look to for pretty much all my advice. I just, you know, he's just a well-versed human. Um, Are there any well-versed humans in your life that you look to or have looked to for a lot of the information you found, or did you find it kind of just by chance, intuitively? No, absolutely. There there are some. So, um, or so. There are definitely, most of the names I'm going to mention, I found after I was already digging into these paradigms, but they definitely helped me clean up what what I was looking at. Um, MoveNat, so MoveNat is a, uh, it's kind of training platform. Um, I mean, they would actually dub themselves a, uh, 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 what did they call it? Yeah, like, like phys ed, right? Physical education. That's what they would claim for that. And I, I was already working in that natural movement space. You had mentioned animal flow. I had actually opted out of animal flow from move nat uh, uh, education when I, when I decided who I was going to take. Um, wouldn't necessarily do that again, um, <laughs> per se. Uh, I, what I think I got from the move nat training most was just their, their cadence and their approach to like calmness, which definitely helped me. Uh, but in terms of, you know, building the child, like training from the back up, I mean, it was all stuff. Um, but the, their cadence, their softness and how they approach it and how they basically the big the thing I love the most about MoveNet from a coaching perspective is that everything I coach, every exercise, quote unquote, 
we're having a conversation on how this is a life movement and how we're going to implement that in every day. Okay, and I'm not just going to do this exercise and walk away from the lesson I learned here today. I'm going to go try to get up and down off my floor using these skills for the rest of the day and tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. Um, so I love movement for that. Uh, and then uh, stick mobility opened my eyes, not opened my eyes, but like it was like a brain dump of information for me at the time. I mean, I was, I was a young trainer. I didn't really have any true mentors or role models. I actually knew everybody I was around was a fucking idiot. Um, and <laughs> they were all poor trainers. Lot, the only thing good. I knew. I just, yeah. I just knew that, that the people around me were not the people I wanted to be. That's yeah. all I knew. Um, That's a motivating then, factor too. You know, if you're around people you don't want to be like, that definitely motivates you. <laughs> 100%, 100. So then I show up at the MoveNet. I'm sorry, the uh, Stick Mobility Certification, which I think was well worth my money. Probably would have paid more. Should have been over a longer period of time, just for me, because where I was coming from, I recognize that everybody else that was there was uh, much farther up the food chain in terms of their education and what they were doing. Right? I was just lucky to stumble on it at the time that I did. But um, this opened my mind up to the concepts of irradiation and end range of motion training, um, FRC, uh, functional range conditioning. Uh, and that would lead me to my last kind of person, Dr. Andrea Spina, who's uh, the kind of head of the FRC, FRS systems. Um, I recognize that with well, at least most of my clients that I'm gonna come across, I, I'm lucky I'm able to walk that line between like logical, the logic reality of which like we live in every day, like that American imperialism, like break things down to their smaller, smallest pieces, understand each piece and how it fits together. Uh, and also very much on that connected to body and spirit and flow and like all that, right? So I recognize that most of the people I'm talking to are not there, like they're not in that flow, they're not in that body connection. Uh, so being able to uh, have an understanding, a very, intimate understanding of the function of joints uh, at, their, at each point and being able to reorganize that information depending on who I'm talking to is priceless, absolutely priceless. I mean, I had, again, I thought when I was in the natural movement focus, I thought like, oh, this is gonna be, this is the one, right? We're, talking, we're getting back to earth, right? But not considering the difference between modern physical traumas layered with modern emotional traumas and and how that how resetting the nervous system matters right we can go ahead and do things that should and you know again this is another thing you find in training you can have a training modality that has a lot of success with the vast majority of your clientele then you're going to come across people where it just doesn't land with it doesn't mean that those movements are wrong it just means for whatever reason, you're missing something, right? It's like missing something, whether it's a nervous system issue, whether it's an emotional issue, uh, you know, deep-seated emotional stuff, man. Sometimes people don't even realize, and like that, after a while, that's, that's become kind of like a, I've kind of gathered an eye for that, where I can kind of be like, oh, this is something other that they don't even know about, right? That's not, that's not a mechanical problem. That's, that's a neuro neurological uh, I'm not necessarily where I'd like to be in terms of assessing and coaching those things just as of yet. Um, but for anybody that's hearing this, you should absolutely listen to what Dr. Andrew Espina has to say. All the gentlemen over at Stick Mobility, uh, Dennis, Neil, uh, I'm missing a name, um, and uh, the Move Not Guys. Nice. And you know, you mentioned stick mobility. When I saw you doing that, it, it like regurgitated in my head that I had found out about stick mobility a long time ago and just totally like forgot about them for a while. And uh, so I got to thank you for, uh, you know, uh, allowing me to, you know, remember that. Uh, Listen, that is by far the most effective and best system that I have come across in the fitness world 100% because it's not, it's not like you're not drinking a Kool-Aid, right? It's not CrossFit. It's just a tool and a book of knowledge of which to utilize that tool to fill in the blank. I can be using that for athletic recovery, athletic rehabilitation, elderly rehabilitation. I can use it uh, to build strength. I can use it to build end range motion control. Uh, I can use it for like literally fucking everything. I love yeah. this system. 
Yeah. And um, so I know we touched on this briefly, but you know, how important do you think it is to be mindful during your exercise? Like one of the things I've been focusing on recently is the fact that if you actually listen to music while you train that has lyrics in it, it'll actually take you away from you being, cause you're, you know, your language center in your brain can only handle one stream of information at a time. So I've been listening to instrumental music when I work out now, instead of like, you know, every once in a while I would listen to a podcast, which like the terrible, because then you're not actually present and being conscious with your movement and that's how you get hurt. So I was wondering, you know, in your practice, how important being mindful and conscious of your movement is. It's the most important, but uh, I, I'm interested. I'm gonna have to look more into that. That the, um, what you said about the music, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah. However, I feel, I feel like some of us might just block shit out so goddamn much too. Like I'm always, I'm actually afraid that like my music's gonna come unplugged and start playing loud for everybody around because I listen to a lot of disco first of all, but then I have all these songs that are like remind me of my mother that are on there. So like like Frank Sinatra or like Aretha Franklin and I'm not even listening to the shit sometimes I'm in public and I'm like what am I listening to right like, <laughs> I didn't even notice that stuff was on I've been yeah, on the yeah. channel for the last 30 minutes uh in some cases my daughter has uh put her playlist on my Spotify on like road trips and stuff so <laughs> I'm like I'm like is that one direction yeah <laughs> <laughs> but don't, uh, don't tell me you don't know one direction because you listen to him too come on Joe <laughs> <laughs> the concert wasn't that bad yeah um, right it's funny but, you know. Um, yeah. so yeah mindful um i mean it's the only way right like yeah i think that's the overarching well, theme with functional movement i think what people are getting at is they're getting at being mindful with your movement regardless of what the function quote unquote is right so here's the thought that i really dug this down to uh, deep early on in my career um and i mostly came to this conversation around the, the process of self-myofascial release. So most of us foam rolling, I can't stand that term because you're not supposed to. Yeah, it's more like a foam. Uh, and um, and the, trying to reset, or not reset, but gain control of the parasympathetic nervous system, right? So what you're trying to do there, anyone that's ever quote unquote foam rolled, right? You find some muscle that sucks, makes you want to punch a baby in the face. That's how much pain you're in. Like you're, you're willing to do that. That's how much pain you are in. And then you stay there, right? So, so yeah. The, the job here is the relationship. It's very similar, actually, to, uh, to the ice bath, I, I feel like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the whole process here is to kind of get in tune with your breathing mechanisms and convince your body that it's not in danger. So, out of that, I came up with the concept that you're literally talking to yourself, right? So, I'm going to go way the fuck out here for a minute, but um, you've seen Men in Black, I'm sure. Yep. The end, the end of the first one, right? He pulls out the marble. And that's our world. And the world mm. is the other world. When I was a teenager, I had that thought process of like an atom looks a lot like a solar system, right? And what the what 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 the hell is all going on here? So as far as I'm concerned, you know, my bi my my, my microbiome, uh, you know, the cells of my muscles, kind of all these systems, those are all different workers and civilizations that are living within me, right? And I'm in control. Mm -hmm. They're not in control. I'm in control. I can talk to them. I can get messages to them. I would literally explain it to clients like, think of it like the Metachlorian from Star Wars. I was like, I, was I like, always relate to Star Wars. <laughs> like, it's in and connected to everything, right? Yeah. And you can have a conversation with it. Um, but so, so to, to backtrack to, to why it's so important to be mindful in those, those situations is, about, you know, a couple hundred years ago, you know, just, just a couple hundred years ago for still a large population of, of, the, of the globe, right? Uh, you know, there was obviously deep civilizations all over the place, but up until like you know, only post-World War II, have you, can you not escape, right, from, from the modernness of where we're going as a species. Um, so there was a vast amount of population a, a couple hundred years ago, and all of the people in the world, if you go back a thousand years or so, that had nothing better to do than to listen to the body yeah. and to look at the stars. Yeah. If you don't think they put two and two together and figured some shit out, if you think <laughs> that like guiding yourself by what's going on in space or, um, you know, listen, you know, looking at your poop or listening to the sounds of your body to make health judgments is crazy. You're fucking crazy. Cause what the 100%. fuck were you doing before a fucking plastic bait, you know, plastic contained fucking glass screen. You know what they were doing? 
They were being, right? Human beings, not human being. doings, yeah. right? That's yeah, one of the exactly. funniest things I got during, during a medicine journey, right? It's like I had this like epiphany where I was talking to my higher self or whatever you want to call it, right? And, you know, I just had this hilarious moment where I died and laughed. And I was like, human beings, not human doings. And it was like so fucking hilarious because, you know, it's true. Like, you know, we're so far removed in modern day society from true human nature that we're completely ass, you know, over elbow basically right now because, you know, we think that being constantly busy is a good thing. And I'm 100% guilty of that as well, where, you know, the great thing about being in the situation we are right now is it's forced a lot of people to slow down and take a look around and say, what the hell am I doing? You know what I mean? Once because upon a time, you had, you had to wait for the fucking right time of year to gather your food. You had to wait for the fucking snow to defrost before you could go to the fucking next town. I mean, motherfuckers were not moving all the time. Yeah. Uh, there's a difference between, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, there's a, we do a lot for no reason. <laughs> you do a lot for no reason, but real. Uh, uh, so go back to your mindful and, and the uh, and your movement. That's why I talk about these systems that I just talked about and like the interconnectivity of like something like natural movement, where you're not overthinking and you're, you're just kind of being with the environment and understanding simple principles, and something complete opposite like FRC, where you're getting things down and you're breaking down the anatomy piece by piece and learning piece by piece, and then how the structure is together, because it's. So it's a mix of both that are going to kind of get you to some type of homeostasis. But forget the homeostasis. I think the biggest problem that is that people don't understand that it's only one time. Everyone yeah. like has this like short-term goal they're trying to get to. I'm trying to get rid of this knee pain. I'm trying to, you know, look good for the summer or whatever the fuck it is. Um, as I mentioned earlier, simply being born now means you're going to have to work on yourself from a physical standpoint. You're going to have to work on yourself from a physical standpoint, right? You're just going to yeah. fucking have to. Like most of Wrong our time is sitting down. So like, <laughs> so, that, so that's step one is understanding that you're going to have, like most people aren't listening to the conversation like this until they've made all the mistakes. Yep. If, you're, if you're 12 years old, I'm sorry. You don't need to learn any of this shit. Just go yeah. outside and start moving now and you'll be fine. <laughs> um, but for everybody else, like you're going to have to undo the damage, right? And, and that's going to take time. It's going to take, not necessarily consistency. It's going to take consistency in terms of it becomes part of your life, um, but it doesn't have to be a rigid consistency. Uh, and it's going to take time and it's going to take knowledge. That is the most important thing. It's going to take knowledge, right? So that when you're trying to work on your low back pain, you realize that when you hinge from the waist, you round your lumbar spine because you're missing flexion in your pelvis. Like you have to understand these things in order to work on those things. You can't just get a series of four six exercises from some other sheet of paper and expect them to solve your fucking problems because you won't you'll get short-term benefits you'll feel better for a little while and if you're the right segment of the population it'll actually work fucking perfect because it just happened to strike a chord with everything that's going on with you like i for example i could have two people that are exactly the same person one you know is in a high-powered business environment and played football as a kid and the other person played video games their whole life, never worried about anything, has been relatively stress-free, their bodies are going to react completely fucking different. Completely different. I love when I find someone that's like, like when I get an IT person that isn't, isn't like, that hasn't had injuries in their life and they're not so gone that, that they have like chronic spinal deviations, those are my favorite people because they're so relaxed and their body doesn't even know how to use its muscles yet. It's literally like working with a child. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be amazing, right? Yeah. And like they adapt, they adapt really fast because their stress level is down. But if I take that same IT part, I get that IT manager that's been there for 12 years, not gonna react the same way. We're gonna have a lot of tension in that spinal column and, and things are gonna happen differently. So um, this is why people need to be learning. They, they, they gotta be learning what they're doing, why they're doing, and that's in every, uh, I don't want to say workout because it's not necessarily workout, but every time you set aside, set aside time in your day to work on your physical and that's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. I think, you know, you touched on a lot of good points there. And number one is knowledge. I mean, you know, really, I try to always be a sponge for knowledge because what else is there? I mean, you talk about, you know, back in the day, all people had to do was read books and sit around and wonder and ponder the world and their body and everything. And I think today we're so addicted to our chronic sympathetic, you know, state or states rather that we don't realize that, you know, we're overstressed constantly, you know, and that, you know, those, those stress hormones are putting out negative, you know, inflammation in our body and widespread just chronic disease, 
and all of these things that lead to pretty much what we're looking at right now in America specifically in Western societies in general, which is, you know, overworked, overstressed uh, people that have no knowledge about their body, but know how to do ridiculous things on a computer. You know, it's like, to me, I mean, again, everyone gets to choose their own life, but to me, I would much rather, you know, set my life up in a way where I have time to be each day. And, you know, my quote unquote work is always functional where I'm moving, I'm able to, you know, function without pain, and I'm able to really just learn each day. That's the most important thing to me. Yeah, you make a great point. The way I've, I've framed this in the past, it's like, so first, and I was talking about, I, I kind of touched on this a little bit when we were talking about functional training. And I talked about like, you know, if, if your goal is to kind of win the CrossFit fucking thing, you know, maybe you're going to take some chances. You're going to take some chances. That's all right. It's the, the life you live. Right, NFL is a great example. Everyone wants to lose their fucking mind over CP, whatever the fuck it is. I played football my whole goddamn life. There isn't a guy that put on a helmet that didn't know they could possibly end up mentally handicapped or dead doing it. Right, you're yeah. taking a risk for a reason, and that's yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um, going back to, but you have to understand what those consequences are, and you have to, when when you've changed your mind, you have to start putting in the work. Um, going to the, uh, I just lost track of it. Um, where were we at? It was uh it was about knowledge and just you know being functional in your movement and making sure that uh your life is set up in a way where you're not in a chronic sympathetic state because I think a lot of people are unknowingly in that state because they don't know any different. You know, I mean, this is like how we are. I mean, we're constantly busy. We're not giving ourselves time. I mean, that's why drive-throughs exist for fast food. And that's why fast food exists in oh, general. That's my point. I got it. Yeah. I got it. I'm I knew there. if I did enough. Um, <laughs> you, were talking, you were talking about kind of like uh, what's going to happen to your body if you're sitting in a chair, right? We got this, this population of people that are on the computer all day. So the way I would frame it is, you know, if you believe, if the singularity theory is the thing that you hold on to the most, and being a gelatinous blob at a fucking computer uh, keyboard isn't the worst thing in the world, right? If that's the future that you believe in, the future that you like. So for, for, those, for anybody that kind of, you know, they're probably, again, not listening to the show, but there are individuals, right, that will get all um, worked up over the concept of, of exercise, right? And like, they're, maybe they're really connected to kind of that digital age and kind of where we're going and like, oh, it's a waste of my time. If that's your belief system, that's fine. And I think I guarantee you'd find the people that that that's really their belief system. You'll find all types of postural deviations. Probably won't find as much pain though. Yeah. You're not trying to do something else. You know, no, you're exactly. not fighting that system. You know, there's not yep. this, there's not this you know, uh, pushback uh, with what the body, what you're trying to make the body do and what the body actually can do, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, again, if you're going for singularity, gelatinous blobs, it is. But if you want to play with your children, if you want to play with the grandchildren when you're 60, get some work. And you're going to be working on that for the rest of your life because we sit less than we move. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, that's really where I'm at on it. And that's, you know, it's funny because I, I guess I'm lucky that I've always loved physical exercise. And I think, you know, you're in the same boat. It's just changed, you know, what it's looked like over the years from like the more typical bodybuilding style to now realizing, luckily I never got injured or anything, but you know, I realized really early on, like, that's not going to get me to where I need to be. You know what I mean? And what is aesthetics without, you know, the function? It's, how's, this, how's, how's this piece of uh, random history for you? Yeah. So uh, big time, big, big part of the reason why uh, bodybuilding is the main paradigm in the United States is the Cold War. Mm. That period of time, there was plenty of Russian, I mean, look at the Russians in calisthenics. And oh. training, right? It's ridiculous. It was, they, they had all the research in the 80s and the 70s that said that there was optimal training styles. The Americans would actively block it here and push our system. It's like how we eat brown rice when the whole rest of the world eats white rice. It's like, oh, the brown rice, that's, that's, that's the way we should eat it, even though it's inflammatory to our intestinal tracts. You know, it's like, you know, America's guilty of doing that in a lot of different ways. Like, nope, we'll find our own way, all right? We'll figure it out. And you Think about what America really is. Just think about what it really is, right? It was founded by a bunch of people that couldn't stand, like, couldn't succeed in the environment they were in. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, religious persecution, whatever. Once they landed here, if you were on the low end of the totem pole, if you couldn't figure out a way to succeed in your hard environment at that time, you were running across for a promise of like, you know, you, you, you were taking chances to get it, but the idea was like, once we get it, we make easy street, and we don't have to worry about it, but we can do things our way, right? Like, that's the attitude of this fucking country. That's our culture. That is yeah. our culture. 
fuck you. I don't need your way. I'll figure it out on my own. And um, that's the problem. We came in here, we wiped out everybody else's culture, and we we replaced it with literally fucking nothing. Uh, So so we're all all very, very, very lost. You know, the only asshole is not on the metric system. I talked yeah. to like all my international clients and they try to give me their like weight and stuff. And I'm like, fuck man, why, why don't I know this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only reason I know the metric system is uh, from cannabis. So I'm not afraid to say that, you know, <laughs> so luckily I can hang in that way. And uh, that brings up my next point. Um, so how, I guess important would be the wrong word, but how, how uh, influential, I guess you could say, how influential do you think, plant medicines are in human nature and how influential have they been in your own life? And this can be any plant medicine. doesn't necessarily just mean psychoactive ones, but plant teachers. Plant teachers we're talking about, right? We're talking about, you know, someone taking me on a little journey, plant teacher. Yep. Okay. So, in turn, so you asked two questions. You asked how myself and humans as a whole. Yep. I think it's impossible to cl- classify humans as a whole. I okay. think that it's not something that we can do. Um, you know, as you know, like seven settings, a big, big part of that. But, um, you know, with the right set of belief system or the right series of walls, I don't think any set of setting can break through. So oh, 100%. So, I wholeheartedly uh, agree. Yeah. Not everyone is meant for, you know, certain types of plant medicines. Yeah. You need to be like, you know, open to where you're going in the first place. Of course. Um, I'm also, so I asked the question of reality on a regular basis, right? I asked the question of reality on a regular basis that how much, I don't ask the question, let me take it back. I make the confirmation that almost all of reality is just perspective, right? You usually get, you usually get what you're looking for uh, from that intent, right? And, and, you know, think thoughts become things, right? It's the emotion underlying the thought, not the thought itself, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're having a shitty fucking life, I mean, you've felt shitty about it for a long time and that's why it's coming. Yeah. Uh, so when I, look at the six, when I look at the success rate of anything, and I'm looking mostly because I spent so much time looking at wellness programs, fitness programs, nutritional programs. And one thing I know for sure that, that pops out and, and even medical approaches to, to wellness, uh, Western medical approaches to wellness. One thing that pops out across the board is the placebo effect, right? You see, a, you know, it, I mean, it's right there, you know, neck and neck with the actual effect of, of whatever the treatment is, fill in the blank, which leads you to believe that a portion of that also has to be a placebo. Right? Yeah. So then if I think of the plant medicine world and all of the people that are promoting the healing, I mean, I'm one of them, right? That are having these great journeys, whatever. I mean, how much of it is us just getting what we're looking for? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, to some extent, you know what yeah. I mean? So, so uh, that, that, with that being said, like, that's the type of like grip of reality. I need anybody that I would, I mean, I, in the current case, I'm, uh, I'm not, you know, guiding anybody through that process, but that would be like the one thing that I would want someone to kind of understand kind of going into it. Is that it's 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 all fucking subjective, and if you're too latched on to 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 get into it or to get away from it, you're gonna get that right. Like if you're like 100, this is what's coming, right? Yeah. Like you, it's probably how the way it's gonna go. Um, <laughs> and you know, if it's like you know, there's aliens and they're helping us, like it's probably exactly the, the the message you're gonna get when you're down that hole. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't rule out anything. Huh? What's that? That's the cosmic giggle, if you will. You know. For me, everything's for me. Everything is possible until it's proven impossible. Um, but that's me. That's not everybody. So I think it can be beneficial. I, I mean, I know for a fact it can be beneficial. I know one hundred percent that it, it it should be more widely um, uh, uh, reviewed, applied, tried out, and all that jazz, right? In, in all subsets of the population. Well, think about it this way, like you were talking about true human nature, right? It's like up until about a hundred years ago, there were shamans in almost every, you know, culture, you know, and there exactly. are still in some, but you know, I think they've been used. They're replaced by pharmaceutical companies. Exactly. Exactly. So I think as we do, we have this resurgence that's happening with psychedelics and, you know, now, I mean, obviously cannabis has been, you know, back for a while, you know, I think we're going to start noticing that people are starting to ask more introspective questions. And I think people are starting to realize that like, Hey, you know, maybe the corporate life isn't the only life to live. I mean, if you want that cool, whatever, but I think a lot of people don't fit, a, they're like a square peg trying to fit in the round hole, you know? Yeah. Pretty much everybody is at this point, but yeah. 
nobody wants nobody wants to be in those cubicles. Yeah. Uh, but um, to to flip that a little bit, um, I think more important than I mean, obviously, those of us that are uh, are seeing this becoming a more regular conversation, right? These these kind of uh, previously frowned upon um, uh, medicinal applications of plants uh, are excited about that, but. I think more so if we're asking the conversation what's best or what's how it can benefit the larger population, the larger globe, plant medicine in general, not necessarily from an experience standpoint. Like I think everybody should see either an Ayurvedic or a, a physician or an FMD. I think everybody should like understand, you know, how how plants and minerals and the environment can be used to, to heal themselves and also yeah. to assess themselves yeah. um, so i think that you know i think from that i think the plant medicine man needs to come back 100 percent full but i think like more from like that should be my cvs i should be going in and getting like a, a, a couple of a couple of cups of tea and some freaking ground mineral to, to put you know what i mean like yeah getting your dosha red you know <laughs> yeah, from that perspective i think it would benefit literally everybody we're going yeah. deeper down the rabbit hole not everybody, at least not yet. <laughs> of course, of course. And I, Personally, it has absolutely helped me, but I was also, uh, I've also been a psychonaut my entire life. Yeah. Um, I started playing around with um, uh, hallucinogens at age 14, 15, some shit like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm 38 now. Uh, so I've been seeking set and setting for a good decade before I really found the set and setting. Yeah. Um, and I would also suggest, I, I mean, I would definitely make the argument that I got what I, what I went for, you know, like, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not one of those crazy cases where it was like, Oh, it cured my lifelong asthma in one session or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I did go on a hero's journey in my setting. I've done many heroes journey, but that particular one in a set and setting. And, um, you know, I went in there, you know, I suffered from a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of grief, just kind of one of the bullet points is kind of uh, how I'm entering into that. And, um, you know, I went in looking for less judgment of myself and others. I went in looking for more joy in my day to day. Um, uh, I went in looking to be able to more freely express kind of love. And important point, actually, that I, for, for me anyways, I don't go all in looking for love because I think the world's supposed to be lovey-dovey. I go in all the world looking for love because I'm angry all the fucking time. I'm trying to just balance myself out, right? And so, people like, but, but a lot of people will get to this place like, oh, everything in the world is going to be about peace and harmony. No, it's fucking not. No, it's yeah. not. Planets crash into the planets all the time. Species yeah. die off. That shit fucking happens. You know what I mean? That's part of nature. Um, you know, paradise can't be created without death and destruction of, of two rocks colliding into each other. All right, so everything doesn't have to be shits and giggles. I have to seek that out because I don't, that's not my, my state. I don't have enough, I don't have enough of it, right? I, I would argue that someone that's like a real extreme pacifist and pushover and maybe like life's coming down on them because of that, right? We all know, we all know at least a couple of people that that's their, their, their Kool-Aid that they're drinking, right? Like they're over nice, they're over this, they're over that. And like, they're getting crushed under the world around them because they don't stand up for themselves or whatever it is. So, um, you know, whatever it is they're doing. So anyways, in that case, I went in looking for those things and I came out with uh, some clarity of those things, you know, um, uh, it was all, it was, you know, within a year after my mother passed, there was a big, you know, big breakdown and big reconciliation. Uh, and it didn't all land right away, but I had, I had the working parts, right? I, I understood how I got where I got. And for me, it was the most clear experience I had. And again, I've been doing this my whole life. Uh, so with that set and setting, with the teachers, with the shaman, with the yoga, with the food, with the kundalini, with the breathing exercises, with the sound, uh, um, uh, the sound, um, whatever, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with, all of, with all of that, I mean, I came out like I just watched the movie and I recorded the movie. You know what I mean? Like I had every piece. I understood why I was here, why I felt that way, why that was a good transition. And I've been able to implement that stuff over the last almost year now. And, you know, life's lighter. You know, here we are with the, the world crumbling down on us. And I'm fucking excited. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really get necessarily <laughs> overwhelmed when this all, all came down. I also saw it coming. Again, yeah. I'll be historian. 
I've been taught, I, I, in 2009, I told everybody it's a boom and bust economy. Within decades, you'll, every decade, you're going to see wild swings. I didn't know COVID was coming, but I understood the economies, right? And just it, it, that COVID was just the, 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 the icebreaker for a, a world full of loaded systems that can't support themselves. Well, you know, you bring up uh, something very, very uh, uh, just cool there, which is the fact that a lot of people just want peace and harmony all the time. But what they forget is that, you know, the light and the dark make up the world. And if you think of it like a seesaw, right? So a seesaw, you know, one person goes down, the other person goes up, the other person goes down, the other person goes up, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can think of that, like one side is being light, right? And everything that represents positivity. And another side, the other side representing negativity and everything that's dark, right? Well, if you go, you know, the seesaw only moves if both sides are working, right? So if you go all the way into the light, nothing moves anymore. And if you go all the way to the dark, nothing moves anymore. So I think the key is being able to put one foot into each realm and be able to be the observer and not react to what's happening in life through inner work modalities, such as, you know, breath work, ice bath, whatever, where you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, you get yourself trained to be able to respond to situations rather than react. And then you can go into life, not, you know, being a, an, an animal basically, and not, you know, like identifying with your monkey mind and you can actually be the observer, you know? And I think that, you know, think of it this way, right? Like if, if a fire happens, right. And it wipes out, you know, a whole area, people could look at it and be like, oh my God, it's so negative, right? But if you go back to that same area three, three years later, it's more lush than it was before the fire, you know? So if you just look at fire as just darkness, then you're missing a whole aspect of it. And I think that's what you're talking about exactly with plant medicine too, is like, you know, if you go into a plant medicine journey expecting one thing, that's silly because you should go into it with your complete mind open. Hey, whatever I need, I'm going to get, period, you know? So I wanted to, yep. I wanted to add that in, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, Two things to that. So one, the seesaw analogy, I love, love that seesaw analogy. And I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna use that into uh, yeah. a great quote that I heard last week or two weeks ago. So uh, Chris Flo, uh, I think it's Chris underscore Flow Fitness on Instagram, another great teacher I should mention that he's an animal flow uh, trainer, master trainer, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, but I took a productivity workshop with him last week and he was talking about balance. He was talking about everyone's looking for balance. He's like, there is no balance. So seesaw, imagine if you balance the seesaw, how unfun would that be if you perfectly right? balance the seesaw, right? <laughs> like you want to yeah. go into the light, out of the light, into the dark, out of yeah, the dark. Yeah, yeah. You want to like get you know, a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. That would be terribly, terribly fucking boring if you could balance the seesaw. You don't yeah. want that. And then um, um, the allegory of the chariot uh, ties mm -hmm. into this conversation perfectly. I, I, I live my, okay, I take that back. I don't live my life by it. I've been trying to figure out how to, own it. I've been trying to figure out how to own this for probably a decade. Uh, it really, really struck a chord with me. I actually, I got Socrates Plato right over here so I can read up on it. Uh, it's, yeah. like, it's the only one I've ever read uh, of that period of time, but I, I love this particular allegory. So, broad strokes. Uh, when you die, your soul goes into a chariot race in the heavens with the gods to try to get a peak of heaven. The gods have two white light, they call them light, have two light horses, right? Because they're in the heavens all the time. They're always in the light. So they have two light horses. Uh, and they have no problem getting those horses to work together because they're on the same page. But you as a human soul, you have one light horse and one dark horse. Uh, and you have to rein them in. Your light horse represents um, your pride, uh, nobility, uh, not, uh, nobleness, not nobility. Um, um, you know, truth, justice, right? That's, that's your light horse. Your dark horse is lust, uh, hunger, um, uh, the earthly needs, right? And for a lot of people, especially if you grew up in a Christian environment, you're going to take this looking like, oh, good and evil, right? That's not what fucking light and dark is, asshole. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you have the charioteer, right? The charioteer ran the horses. Uh, another perspective you're going to get when you look at that, like, oh, I'm the charioteer, right? And I'm trying to rein in my light horse and my dark horse. No, you are all three of those things. You are the light horse, the dark horse, and the charioteer. You are the observer of your actions and all of these actions. And you need to get them all to reconcile and work with each other in order to find some type of quote unquote balance or harmony, right? Now, in Allegory of the Chariot, if you're, if you crash, right, if they get, if you want, and it could be either one, if your light horse is like all noble and shit and 
pulls away, right? That's going to cause you to crash and you're not going to crash into the heavens. You're going to crash to earth. Mm-hmm. And depending on how high you got, depends on how much knowledge you bring back with you. So mm-hmm. if you got nowhere near the heavens, if you fell immediately upon entering the race, you have no clue you were ever even there and you're going to be on earth for like thousands of extra years before you ever get the opportunity to get back in that race. If you get into the heavens, you've achieved balance for a little bit of time. You're able to ring these things in, but you can't stay with the gods. They're going to fucking bring you back to reality eventually. And eventually you're going to come crashing back down to earth. But now you have knowledge. Now you have knowledge of self. Now you can live a better life. And now next time you enter that race, you get a little bit of knowledge of the race and you can do a little better in the race. That is life. That is life. You get to a certain place, you get a subset of knowledge, things start going well, smacks you in the face, everything fucking burns around you, but you got someplace first and you have that knowledge, you have that commitment or that belief of self, belief of system, uh, and you no longer need others and you're able to kind of start guiding yourself back to the light because the light's more fun, right? You, you, You feel good, it's warm on your skin, but you still have to live down here in the caves occasionally. Yeah, dude, I, I love that allegory. And, you know, I love that whole entire symbolism too, because to me, it kind of relates to the mind, body, and soul. And, you know, a great analogy that I had heard recently, excuse me, is uh, that, you know, a lot of us, most of us rather, we live with our, you know, our mind leading the way, but really our soul is supposed to lead the way and our mind and body are supposed to be tools to allow our soul to come through at a certain level, you know, whatever level that might, you know, be for us, whatever our soul path is, if you will. But I think so many of us are caught in our mind, right? And reacting to every situation, you know, like a child does, you know, like Paul Check has this hilarious story, which I'll tell. Uh, and I'm sorry if it offends anyone, but it's not my story, I promise. Uh, but uh, basically, it's this old uh, story about how there's, you know, there's this, uh, there's this father bull and uh, a young bull sitting at the top of a uh, mountain. And, uh, and uh, they look down the mountain, and there's a bunch of uh, uh, cows down there. And the young bull says, oh, my God, Dad, let's run down there and screw one. And the big bull says, no, son, let's walk down and screw them all. <laughs> and it's about how, you know, you respond to a situation rather than react, because if you react the way, you're going to miss a lot of the situation, you know? So again, I apologize to the viewers for that analogy, but it's just what came up in my head, all right? So. <laughs> you get a lot of those quotes, right? Young he does. Like all that shit. Also, he's a hilarious character, man. I got to meet him when I uh, went out to San Diego. And uh, yeah, and uh, he was, um, he's just such a good guy, you know? And um so as we wrap it up here, Joe, uh, I know I could talk to you all day, man, but I know we got to get uh, going on to the rest of our day. Where can people find you to find out more, to learn from you, um, to ask you questions? Just where can, where can I send people to find you? Uh, so Instagram, it's Simply Evolve. Um, on Instagram, I am doing live casts Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with different wellness professionals, uh, different stages in their career for the next, at least the next couple of months uh, through May. Um, I am, and also through Instagram, you can find, you can get connected to this doing, uh, donation based movement and mobility classes on Thursday mornings on zoom. Um, and simply evolve dot training is the website. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. And so in closure, if someone could do one thing to optimize their life, if you can only choose one thing, what would that thing be? What would you suggest to people? Ah. <sighs> I'm going to steal this from The Slight Edge. It's a great book. I suggest people read it. Study, model, do. Right? Study, model, do. Don't just study. Don't just do. Don't just model. Study, mm-hmm. model, do. It's a cycle, right? And it has to come together. Um, I great quote I heard from uh, uh, Jared Farsi. He's uh, owner of a gym down in Jersey. He'll actually be on my show in about a month or so. Um, just the other, so he's in a podcast with Stick Mobility. You should go listen to it. Yeah, I definitely week. will. It's this, I think it's this past week's entry. And right. he says, knowledge isn't power. The application of knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Check said the same thing in a recent podcast. I love that. <laughs> study, model, study model do. Yeah. See, I have the, um, my whole thing is see it, do it, be it. You know, so it's like very similar. You know, it's like you see something, you do it, and then you become the representation of that. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the Highly Optimized Podcast, man. We, you know, I have so many more questions I didn't even get to get to, so we'll have to do a round two with this, my man. Absolutely. It's like we'll be on quarantine for a little while, so, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have time. (laughs) I'll see you online in a month, so we'll we'll, we'll we'll continue this conversation. 
I'm pumped, man. <laughs> Have a great day. Later, brother. Thanks, buddy. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.